Chapter Thirteen of the Crimson Cryptogram by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Thirteen. Mrs. Moxton's Surrender. The widow turned pale when she saw the knife, and, unable to speak, looked at Ellis. The doctor understood that pleading glance, and at once threw himself into the breach. "'Where did you get this?' he asked Busham sharply. The lawyer, scenting an enemy, looked mistrustfully at the speaker out of his rat's eyes. "'Your pardon, sir? Who are you?' he demanded, with a kind of snarl in his voice. "'I am Dr. Ellis, who examined the body of Moxton. I am also the friend of Mrs. Moxton, and I came here to assist in this interview.' "'And suppose I refuse to allow you to assist?' in that case i shall know how to account for your possession of that knife busham gave a kind of screech and threw himself halfway across the table shaking with anger you dare to insinuate that i killed my cousin he asked in a whisper why not you were with your cousin on that night it is a lie it is the truth cried mrs moxton finding her voice rudolph saw you following edgar from the station and who is rudolph monsieur zirknitz my brother another of your shady gang i dare you to speak more civilly interrupted ellis starting up or i shall twist that lean neck of yours at once the innate cowardice of busham became apparent shaking and white he dropped back into his chair terrified at the doctor's angry look and menace yet withal he could not curb his venomous tongue violence he gasped you do well mrs moxton to bring your bully here what you will have it cried ellis angrily busham flung himself out of his chair and shot up one of the dirty windows another step and i call the police he whispered do so and i shall give you in charge me in charge for what for killing moxton you were with him shortly before his death with a scared look busham drew down the window and returned to his desk i am safe from your violence i hope he said looking apprehensively at ellis so long as you are civil to mrs moxton i won't touch you replied the doctor coolly and in his turn sat down <laughs> laughed busham nervously rubbing his hands it will be as well to conduct this interview quietly i think so observed mrs moxton with an expressive glance at the knife for your own sake say rather for yours mrs moxton what do you mean <laughs> that will take some time to explain if you would rather be alone with me alone with you repeated the widow in tones of disgust i would rather be alone with a serpent dr ellis shall stay at my particular request dr ellis has no intention of leaving remarked that gentleman and folding his arms relapsed into a grim but observant silence busham with a vexed air scratched his chin with one lean finger as you please said he with apparent carelessness but he will not think much of you when i tell all you know nothing about that retorted mrs moxton very pale but in a steady voice and i have come here to learn all of what do you accuse me all in good time dear lady said busham harshly this knife was found by me in your garden on the morning that i called to see you after the murder 
are you sure you did not find it there on the previous night asked the widow sneering i was not in the garden on that night neither was the assassin interposed ellis quickly moxton was stabbed as he stepped in at the gate as he turned to close it retorted busham smartly mrs moxton held her handkerchief to her mouth and shivered but with her eyes on busham's mean face nodded to him to continue the man seeing that she had a vague terror of his threats did so with a chuckle since you know that i was at dukesfield on that night he went on i admit it why should i not i am innocent and can prove as much so monsieur zirknitz saw me hmm i know that scamp no one better he called here one day with my cousin to extort money on the plea that i had undue influence over my uncle but i soon turned the rascals out i can tell you i am a dangerous man when roused mr busham chuckled and repeated the phrase with relish a dangerous man oh i dare say said mrs moxton with a contemptuous air which accorded ill with her pale face and uneasy manner dangerous as a fox or a stoat or a weasel might be you belong to the vermin tribe you do go on with your story man directed ellis curtly civil civil oh very civil snapped busham but i'll teach you both manners before i'm done with you at dukesfield was i yes i was <laughs> do you know what i saw there mrs moxton you don't well then i'll tell you and take this for my fee the will gasped mrs moxton as busham clawed the document i thought that was what you wanted leave that will alone growled ellis scowling mr busham immediately pushed the paper away it will come back to me soon said he nodding oh i know i know what the deuce do you know speak out can't you softly dr ellis softly all in good time maybe you won't be so pleased with my knowledge when you are possessed of it i am the best judge of that go on you were at dukesfield on the night of august sixteenth yes i was cried busham with sudden energy i received intelligence of my uncle's death and knowing that a new will had been made that edgar was the heir i wished to inform him of the good news from that scamp zirknitz i learned that edgar went night after night to the merryman music hall in soho so i sought out the place in the hope of seeing him i did see him sneered busham and as usual he was drunk not in a fit state to talk business when he left the hall to go home i followed his cab in another thinking that the fresh air would sober him but at charing cross underground station he had two more drinks and more intoxicated than ever stumbled into a carriage i went into another thinking it best to see him home lest he might come to harm you were very solicitous for the safety of one who had robbed you of a fortune said ellis with a cynical look that's just it cried busham slapping the table with the open palm of his hand he was to get the money and i wished to gain his good will and take what pickings i could half a loaf is better than none isn't it if edgar had lived i would have got the money somehow even you mrs moxton would not have prevented that even i repeated the widow bitterly 
heaven help me i would have been the last person to prevent your robbery i never had any influence over edgar go on mr busham did you succeed in ingratiating yourself with my husband by announcing the good news of his father's death no i didn't snarled the lawyer i saw him quarrel with zirknitz on the platform of the dukesfield station and then i watched him leave not only watched him but followed him said ellis yes i wanted to see how he would get home i tried to speak to him but being drunk he swore at me and struck out with his cane seeing that there was no good to be got out of him in his then state and that it would be useless to tell him the news i resolved to defer the appointment until the next morning when i hoped to find him sober and repentant he went away i did not follow but remained for some time talking to a policeman then i missed my train and as i had to get home made up my mind to take a cab an unusual expense for you jeered mrs moxton oh i wouldn't have taken the cab if i could have walked said busham naively but i was not strong enough to do so all the cabs at the station had carried away the theatre people and i went down the road to the cab rank in the middle of dukesfield there was one cab there but just as i turned the corner a woman came running down the road and jumped into it she was crying and trembling and wringing her hands i saw her face in the light it was you mrs moxton one moment said the widow as ellis was about to contradict this preposterous statement i never saw you until after the death of my husband and you never saw me how then did you recognize me oh that was easy edgar gave me your picture i should not have thought that edgar was sufficiently friendly with you to do that he was when i lent him money said busham quietly why did you lend him money because several times he called on me and threatened to see his father i did not want him to do that lest he should be forgiven so i lent him money on condition that he did not go uncertain of what his reception would be he took my bribe and stayed away on one of those occasions he showed me your photograph mrs moxton edgar was forgiven after all said the widow ignoring this last remark yes but the forgiveness did not do him much good <laughs> mr busham burst out ellis who could no longer be restrained you did not see mrs moxton enter a cab that night the lady was her sister i know about the sister said busham the twin sister zirknitz told me are you friendly with zirknitz asked ellis with unconcealed surprise very retorted the lawyer with an ugly grin i lend him money lend money to a scamp like that whom you hate who will never repay you busham scratched his chin oh as to that said he i know what i am about you may be sure so it was your sister mrs moxton bless me how like she is to you a twin of course i see why was she crying and flying she may have cried because we quarrelled on that night said the widow in an agitated tone but she was not flying she merely went home to thirty-two geneva square pimlico i know i know how do you know 
because i picked up another cab and followed her why did you do that i thought she was you and wished to know where you were going at that hour of night your sister going home ah that explains it so far so good mr busham said ellis weary of this talk but what about the knife i called next morning at myrtle villa after hearing of the murder i searched the garden for traces of the criminal and found that knife hidden behind some laurel bushes it was not hidden cried mrs moxton it was thrown there by edgar ah you acknowledge that the knife is your property said busham why should i deny it that knife is ours it was tossed into the garden by edgar and this is rust on it no doubt said the lawyer touching the stains not blood then mrs moxton the widow rose with an agitated face and snatching up the will thrust it into busham's hand take it and say no more she said harshly mrs moxton the will cried ellis jumping up let him destroy it let him take and keep the money thank you and in return i shall hold my tongue if you like you can take the knife said busham mrs moxton picked it up thrust it into the pocket of her cloak and without a glance at the amazed doctor left the room as she did so busham stepped across to the grate in which a starved fire was burning and deliberately placed the will on the coals before ellis could prevent it the document was ablaze and shortly nothing remained but black tinder now snapped busham pointing to the door you can follow her end of chapter thirteen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california